course, look at this. We had the clip of Trump Jr. calling Joe Beijing Biden, which I'd never heard before. But that was a good one. Oh, boy. Oh, my. That's unfair. Pompeo's speaking tonight, and I got to believe he's going to be big on the China stuff, I assume. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Here are some interesting facts about the COVID. COVID. That's the uh, virus. Coronavirus! It's going around the country. Cardi, noted epidemiologist uh, Cardi B there. Yeah, there are just uh, some some factoids here that I found interesting. Um, You're talking about the guy in Hong Kong who got it for the second time? If he did. If he did, it's a very big deal. I hope he didn't. Right. Uh, The belief is if he did, that it would show that if you get a mild case of it, you're only immune for a little while. In other mm-hmm. words, all the people, including maybe us, who got it and were asymptomatic, we didn't even know we had it, we can get it again because yeah. you don't get, <laughs> you don't get right, a very sir. big dose of antibodies if you're asymptomatic like 60% of cases are, mm-hmm. which means it'd be around forever. It'd be right. hard to kill the damn thing. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to find out. That, like so many things, is inconclusive, at least for now. Um, according to the latest immunological studies, the overall lethality of COVID-19 is about 0.1% to 0.3%, and thus in the range of severe flu. For people at high, and as always, our disclaimer here is we're here neither to terrify you into clicking and listening, nor are we trying to minimize the thing or say it's a hoax. Joe's it calling it a hoax, saying it's no it worse than the flu. I am not saying that. It's much more uh, communicable than the, f- the flu. For people at high risk uh, or high exposure, including healthcare workers, earlier prophylactic treatment is essential to prevent progression of the disease. How does wearing a condom help? All right. In countries like the U.S., the U.K., and also Sweden that did not lock down, overall mortality since the beginning of the year is in the range of a strong influenza season. In countries like Germany and Switzerland, overall mortality so far is in the range of a mild influenza season. Um, in most uh, places, the risk of death for the general population of school and working age, school and working age people, is in the range of a daily car ride to work. Really? Well, that does that's not surprising. Sure, one in several million will die. Wow. Yeah. That's like that thing that that thought experiment I had from uh, last week of uh what if we told you we could save 99%, which is, you know, 3 million people would die if you saved 99%. Mm-hmm. Um of those who get it, you mean? Just in yeah, well, just in general. Mm-hmm. Just if you thought, you know, 99% of people are not going to die from this disease. Right. You wouldn't shut down anything. Probably not. Up to 80% of all test-positive persons remain symptom-free. Even among 70 to 79-year-olds, about 60% remain symptom-free. About 95% of all people develop at most moderate symptoms. Boy, that fits into that other story about the guy in Beijing. If he did get it twice, that would really be a bad news. Mm-hmm. Let's hope for that being a misreporting or a hoax or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Many media reports of young and healthy people dying from COVID-19 turn out to be false. Many of these young people either did not die for COVID-19, they had already been seriously ill, uh, or they were, in fact, 109 instead of 9 years old. The claimed increase... Then, 109 <laughs> instead of 9. Yeah. Boy, get that right. How often does that happen? Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose... It, it's It's unfortunate, but it's true, and we just have to get savvy to this. 
the whole 19-year-old, healthy 19-year-old, dies of COVID. Got a story right here about a couple of parents who got it. They were more or less asymptomatic. They barely got sick at all. Both of their teenage kids got very, very sick in the hospital, incubators, the whole thing. Respirators, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, respirators. Um, Not incubators. That'd be an odd tactic, but anyway. If you have baby chickens, that's a good idea. See, <laughs> if I see that story, I'm clicking on it. Right. That's why that story is so feverishly promoted. The healthy 19-year-old dies of uh, COVID. It turns out they had undiagnosed leukemia or whatever else. They're never going to follow up on that. It's not exciting. So just uh, people have these wildly overblown uh, ideas. And as always, I will end with uh, this. And if your brain can't handle two thoughts at once, uh, I'd, I'd either admire you or pity you. I'm not sure which, honestly. It is a serious disease, highly communicable, that's killed lots and lots of people, and it's overblown. Um, let me read this text to you, because I did not see this part of the convention, but I uh, saw echo chamber stuff about it. Convention. Earlier in the night. Well, I'll just read the text. After the convention last night, none of the pundits mentioned Mr. Maximo Alvarez's speech, which I heard about but didn't see. About escaping Cuba and seeing the specter of emerging communist government in our country today. I thought his speech, although sometimes difficult to understand, was incredibly moving and compelling. Wow. A lot of people mentioned that as as uh, pretty powerful. Him talking about, this is how it started in my country. Right. With this idea of, we're going to give you all this, we're going to give you all that. Here's who's keeping you down. We're going to take the money away from the rich and give it to the people. Um, that's good stuff, right there. That is good stuff. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. I mean, it's an old, old story, but I think we need to get booster shots of it now and again. It's been the same pitch over and over again in history. There's a book coming out in September that I hope I gets a, gets a fair amount of attention, uh, and it's it's all about that. It's interviewing people that have come from other totalitarian states, talking about what it was like there or how it started there, and comparing it to what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's that's some good stuff. It is. Yeah, it's good to know. I wish that was being taught in school instead of, you know, hate America, Howard Zinn garbage. And, oh, we got this from a, uh, one of our beloved listeners, who will remain nameless, asked us not to name the school district. But this is the uh, new eighth grade English uh, language arts curriculum. Is it about uh, how totalitarians overpromise and then get you under the grip? No, it's about uh, being woke, intersectional identities. It's about white privilege. This is in language arts now. Uh, white privilege. It's written by uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, law professor and social theorist, uh, civil rights activist, etc., who she is, dreamed of taking down white supremacy. She is the number one name on the lips of Professor Lindsay when he's talking about uh, the people that have started this craziness. Right. This Crenshaw woman. Yep. Uh, anti-racism. This Again, this is uh, the language arts. Um, uh, the anti... Oh, these are emails that they wrote to the uh, the teacher. <clears throat> uh, you will notice, writes this Tiffany Jewell, a black biracial writer, an anti-racist Montessori educator and consultant who's now running the curriculum for this school in Northern California. I've chosen to use folks with an X instead of folks, KS, because it is a gender neutral term created by the activist communities. And I would like to honor everyone who reads the word. Replacing the K's with an X allows for every reader who's never seen before to see themselves in here. Folks, has got a gender to it? Uh, Who knew? 
No. We'll capitalize black, brown, indigenous, people of color, and folks of the global majority. Because I believe it is important to center the voices and lives of those who have been marginalized. Etc., etc. Let's see. There's some white supremacy. There's um, the dominant culture. If you are white, upper middle class, cisgender, male, educated, athletic, neurotypical, and or able-bodied, you are in this box. We'll go through all of these in the next chapter. What's neurotypical? Like not autistic. Um, you don't have any neurological impairment. I've actually heard my uh, autistic daughter use the term. Hmm. She she actually depends on a, a a very good friend of hers to help her understand what's going on. In in short, um, the dominant culture is what has been considered normal, and this normal has been created and is maintained by those who are in the box. So my son would not be neurotypical then. Correct. Um, then it gets into some good Black Lives Matter thing. Um, then some hypotheticals. You see four police officers surrounding two young black men. Uh, etc. Then more stuff with X's in it. Again, this is language arts in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a thing on Twitter last night. It was some uh, woke wokeivist tweeting at somebody about something, saying, "Can you hear us now?" And then somebody responded to the wokeivist with, "I agree with everything you're saying, but please stop with the ableist language." Because the wokeivist said, "Can you hear us now?" <sighs> And that uh, assumes that you have the ability to hear and how damaging that would be to someone who's deaf. That is so funny. It is just. <clears throat> I have a hope, a dim hope, that this is this philosophy is so stupid. It's so completely convicted by history. It's so ridiculously up its own hiney that it, it dies of uh, suffocation. It eats itself. Well, remember, the goal is to just have us all so on our heels and scared to talk and communicate at all that the other side kind of becomes your master. Right, You're exactly. dancing to their tune. That's the real goal more than, you know, the particular putting an X in folks. Right. Ayn Rand actually wrote about this. It's a quote I've hit you with before. It, roughly speaking, the idea isn't that you follow this myriad of of laws and regulations that nobody could possibly keep track of. The idea isn't that you follow it. The idea is that you can't possibly follow it so that when we need to call you a criminal, we'll find something you violated. And then we go to the people, America, the press, whatever, and say... The Twitter no, mob. Or the Twitter mob, exactly. You say, no, 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 no. It's a fine what we're doing to him because, look, he or she is a criminal. And the the wokesists are uh, are doing the same thing. They will find a sin you have committed against their ever-changing doctrine. They will call you a racist. CNN and CBS and the Washington Post will say, oh, they're a racist. Oh, okay. And you're done. You're through. So, again, as Jack pointed out, the idea is not that you follow it. The idea is that you can't possibly follow it. It's insidious. It's vicious, and you need to resist it. And, and if you are in any sort of position where you can resist it, please do, because a lot of folks who are desperate to hang on to their jobs, they really don't feel like, you know, being the whack-a-mole that stands up at the, the, the diversity meeting. And I understand that. A bunch of things burnt down in Kenosha, Wisconsin last night. We should probably hit on that. Also, speaking wildfires? Of, <laughs> speaking of wildfires, a lot of people are worried about the 2,000-year-old trees in Northern California and whether or not they survived. That's a you know a world landmark. Yeah. We got an update on that. And uh, interesting thing about reading. Did you see that thing I tweeted out about reading? No, I didn't read it. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned for all that.
it's not surprising that the pandemic turned out to create the perfect conditions for people to get radicalized. Some people joined QAnon, some people ordered Pelotons, and neither of them will shut up about it. <laughs> What's a Peloton? Oh, uh, that's the exercise bike with the, uh, you're a member and you got uh, online oh, spin okay. class, stuff like that. FaceTime <laughs> cycling classes. Some people join QAnon, some people join Peloton, and neither will shut up about it. That's a pretty good that's joke. That's a funny joke. I've got um, it doing the Peloton thing or one of its uh, competitors. Looks good to me. I'm losing weight on this uh, gluten-free diet. Nice. But you know why? I was talking to my wife about this yesterday because she's losing weight too. It's like studies have shown this. You'll lose weight on almost every diet if you stick to it because you take in less food. Yep. If you follow all of these diets, you will take in less food. If you take in less food, decent chance you're going to lose weight. What's the best diet? The one that you'll stick with. Yeah. And and shut up. In general, you know, you know, I'm losing weight. I'm eating less than I was before. It's not because it's the size of my fist or the caveman did it or it's gluten or <laughs> no, any of those things. You chew it 55 times before swallowing. <laughs> None of those things. Boring. It's just I'm just eating less than I was before. Period. You'll lose weight, Sean, but you'll end up with a massive jaw. <laughs> just bulging jaw muscles. The ancient redwoods, it looks like they survived in Northern California. Oh. That was getting worldwide attention. These 2,000-year-old trees have survived a lot of fires over 2,000 years. Jeez, they're, they're, they're back from when Jesus was walking the earth. And uh, Man, he might have stood there and said, that's a really little tree. I you don't know. Doubt Jesus was in the Bay Area at any point. <laughs> you don't been. know that. Yeah, I've, the read, Bible. I've read the New Testament uh, quite a bit, and uh, that'd have been a long walk. You'd have thought it would have been mentioned at some point. He could have taken a boat. Well, across the ocean, he would have taken. Well, no, he could, he didn't have to. He could have walked across oh, the ocean. It's a long walk. Um, a serious note: uh, that dude that got shot in Kenosha, Wisconsin, is paralyzed from the waist down. It looks like he's in the hospital. He's alive. This is a uh, an interesting situation where. You'll, you'll hear his side of the story, uh, in addition to whatever f- video footage you have from the cops who shot him and uh, whatever cameras were around. You know, there was a crowd there, if you've heard the audio, and I imagine everybody had their cell phone out, and um, so you get a lot of different angles on this. Right. I have nothing to say about the shooting at this point, because I don't have any idea, and I also know that these things unfold over days or weeks before you find out what really happened. But Kenosha, Wisconsin, was on fire last night. Bunch of buildings burnt down. Cops attacked. One knocked unconscious with a brick, I think. Entire furniture store burnt to the ground. You had the usual suspects stating unequivocally that it was obviously a racist shooting and unjustified, whipping people up. I I respect your wanting to figure out what the facts are before you register an opinion, but I'll tell you one fact. Politicians and these activist people, these hustlers, immediately pronounced it clearly racist and whipped people into anger and violence. And it's it's unbelievable. And nobody in the media even asks any of the relevant questions about what happened, why did it happen, uh, and the rest of it. They just go along with the narrative. It's unbelievable. No wonder people have this bizarre notion that cops are killing unarmed black men all the time in America, even though it's not true. When it does happen, if it's unjustified, it is a horror against the Constitution and all that is good and holy. But it doesn't happen that much. Uh, lighter note. Did you see that thing I posted, uh, the Can You Read This? It was a paragraph oh, yeah. of, uh, to some people it might be gibberish, but to most people, the way your brains work, I didn't know this. 
the letters are all scrambled in the words, but apparently the way your brain works is if the first letter and last letter are correct and mm-hmm. the letters in there are correct, you can read it. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that before. And I could read the whole crazy, paragraph isn't it? quite easily, almost regular speed reading, with it just being random, which makes you know, me wonder to a certain extent why spelling has evolved as such an important thing to learn, since you only need to get close. Actually, you just need the first and last letter. But anyway... Um, <clears throat> I mean, why is I before E so damned important if I, if everybody in the world can tell what the word is? If I see peace, P-E-I-C-E, or P-I-E-C-E, I know it's peace, you know? I'm not promoting ignorance. I just I just don't know how it evolved as being so damned important. Promoting modeling. Let's not, uh, you know, let's not quibble here. Well, they're, 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 you know, they're doing this, they're doing that, I-E-R-E-I-R. You, your brain recognizes that word immediately. Mm-hmm. And knows exactly what it is. Yes. So how did it evolve to be so important to get that correct? Because well, there's a right way and a wrong way, Jack. Actually, yes. I get your word straight, Jack. As a grammar national socialist, that, that is reason enough. Uh, also, <laughs> there are situations where it would render the meaning of the sentence unclear if you didn't have the correct form of there in there. But that's fairly rare. Look, over there, T-H-E-I-R. Everybody would know what I was talking about. You're right. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system are honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. This is a dangerous game Nancy is playing and Trump, too. Just talking about how it's fixed and the enemies of the Constitution and voting or Republicans and the rest of it. Because with the number of mail-in votes that are going to happen and the hundreds of thousands that are going to be tossed out because they're not you know, properly signed or postmarked or whatever, uh, and all the court cases and all, we might not know who the president is for many weeks. Really? And if both sides are screaming they're trying to defraud America, there's going to be violence in the streets. Yeah, I saw somebody I like respond to Nancy saying sorry, more violence in the streets. (laughs) Good point. I saw somebody I like responding to Nancy's speech saying this will get people killed. Yes, it will. It absolutely will. Steve Scalise. Oh, Scalise, that's who responded. He said, to it. that's the sort of thing that the guy who tried to murder me and everybody on the baseball field back when he was uh, almost killed, that's the sort of thing he was saying. When you're on the edge of wacky and the Speaker of the House says, the people inhabiting the White House are enemies of the Constitution, that justifies a lot in your crazy mind. Yeah. And, and you know, honestly, I've found some of Trump's rhetoric overheated, too. We all ought to calm down. Well, yeah, the other day he said if we lose, it was because it was stolen from us. That is not helpful to anybody. No. A lot of people will believe that in the face of all evidence, even if it's clearly not the case. So, yeah, this uh, this is not a good trend at all. The peaceful transfer of power is, is the hallmark of this country. We've done it successfully for uh, centuries couple of exceptions there in the middle 1800s but um you know there are exceptions 
So, yeah, just I wish everybody would cut it out because things are going to be insane because of all the mail-in voting, even without people talking like that. So, anyway, moving along. I think if Tim Scott were on the ticket as a Republican, he would win going away. He's the senator from South Carolina. He spoke on night one of the um, Republican convention. Everybody agrees he was the, uh, well, he was the main speaker, and it turned out for good reason. Here's a little of what he had to say. My grandfather's 99th birthday would have been tomorrow. Growing up, he had to cross the street if a white person was coming. He suffered the indignity of being forced out of school as a third grader to pick cotton, and he never learned to read or write. Yet, he lived long enough to see his grandson become the first African-American to be elected to both the United States House and the United States Senate in the history of this country. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. And that's why I believe the next American century can be better than the last. There are millions of families just like mine all across this nation full of potential seeking to live the American dream. And I'm here tonight to tell you that supporting the Republican ticket gives you the best chance of making that dream a reality. That's an awe-inspiring speech and a great one. I hate to get negative, but but you're going to. There are people who will tell you race, uh, racism in America has gotten worse in the last 50 years. In his grandfather's He's... lifetime, a guy like Tim Scott went from being called boy to being called Mr. Senator, sir. When he specifically said things are much better than they were in the 60s, 50 years ago. Our nation's arc always bends back towards fairness. We are not fully where we want to be, but I thank God Almighty we are not where we used to be. We are always striving to be better. And he talked about winning in a district, running against uh, uh, somebody that was backed by Strom Thurmond. Mm-hmm. Not backed by, it was his relative or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was part of the Strom Thurmond political machine in South right. Carolina, who was a well-known racist and 100 years old at the time he left office. Remember he the was whole, carted out of office. The yeah. whole Strom Thurmond thing was hilarious if you never followed it. He, he'd actually just be asleep. Really? During various hearings and well, everything. He was well oh, into absolutely. his 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, he he hadn't just, been functional for years. No, everybody knew there was just <laughs> his name at the top of the ticket people vote for, and then it was his various handlers and aides that you know wow. wrote policy and did this and that. He was a Klansman, too. He was an active higher up in the Ku Klux Klan as a Democrat. He renounced that and said he'd reformed and, and found God or whatever, um, and he was forgiven for that, I guess. Um, and you know what? Honestly, I... I I'm always saying you got to be able to forgive people and allow them to grow a little bit. Um, that's a hell of a transition, but it happens. But anyway, anyway, Tim Scott ran in that district and won, and he said it's because the people of South Carolina judged me by the content of my character, not the color of my skin, which is a fantastic story. That's a nice phrase. Yeah. It's been thoroughly repudiated by the wokesists, but um, that doesn't mean it's right. It was good stuff. Great speech. Um uh, give me the, uh, well, I, don't, I hate to turn it partisan since that's just uplifting and, and cool, but Tim Scott and Nikki Haley for president as soon as possible. Interestingly, Jack, according to the Constitution, the electors of a state cannot vote for both the president and the vice president 
of that state. Why? That sounds stupid. It has to do with back when the country was very, very small. It would have made sense if he had 13 states. Right, Why exactly. you wouldn't want to do that. So, but now it's ridiculous. So South Carolina could not cast votes for, assuming for the sake of the argument, Nikki Haley's the pres, Tim Scott's the vice presidential candidate. They could not cast their electoral votes for both of them. But only in that state. So you couldn't win that. Uh, a Haley-Scott right. ticket could not win South Carolina. Yes. Now, if you are from California, Texas, Florida, or New York, that'd be a pretty significant handicap. Oh, sure. Um, but South Carolina, not so much. I can't remember how many electoral votes they have. but it's... You couldn't win as a Democrat if you were both from California. be impossible. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. Those two on a ticket together is very compelling. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Oh, I, just, I dream of that day. What a beautiful day that would be. Nikki Haley was tough as hell against the Chinese and... In Iran, various evildoers. So, um, Tim Scott with his uplifting message. Tim Scott's face, you know, talking to every young black boy and girl in this country, telling them, you can succeed. You will succeed. How's, here's how you do it. And, and telling them, get in school, work hard. It's worth it. Oh, my God, what a beautiful day that would be. Speaking of faces, Nikki Haley's face. So she's got something that I think you're just born with. She's got the pleading eyes. She's got the, uh, Paul Ryan had it. Kevin McCarthy, who we talked to last week, has it. Some people just are born with the puppy dog pleading eyes. Resting they're, compassion face. Resting, <laughs> would you do me a favor, please, face. Yes. Yeah. And their their eyebrows are at a certain angle, and their eyes are kind of, like, naturally watery or something. I don't know what it is, but they look at you the same way your dog looks at you. Can we go for a walk? Yeah. And they just naturally have that look, and it makes you... Like, listen to them in a different way. Yes, isn't that it's, weird? It is weird. Yeah. Is there any genetic, like, is it, is that look, that particular uh, physical makeup related to anything in the personality, I wonder? I don't it could any- be tied, yeah. Yeah, there are certain genetic sequences that affect both, you know, behavior and appearance. Not that I know much about it, but it's not inconceivable. It also could be that just because they have that puppy dog look, they got over, right? you know, over and over in their lives until they uh, attain status and power and the rest of it. You know, it's weird, and I know you know this, I've mentioned it before, is my dog does not have that. Oh, really? Baxter does not have the puppy dog eyes. He looks at you like, what? <laughs> what are you looking at? He has the poker, he's the poker facest dog ever, and it freaked me out for a long time. You need to be more like a dog. It was like, I was afraid he didn't like me, or we had issues, or something like that, because he has a poker face. But I finally got used to it. Yeah. Our youngest pug really has it. Just, can you please, would you? Oh, come on. I know you just fed me, but would you feed me again? Please, I'm very hungry. Would you throw this one more time so I can chase it? (laughs) I really would like to chase it. Yeah. Um... I just wondered about that. She's got the pleading eyes, which probably worked really well in the U.N. Oh, hey, we were talking about playing a little Don Jr. Um, Well, there's one particular clip. Beijing Biden is so weak on China that the intelligence community (laughs) recently assessed that the Chinese Communist Party favors Biden. There you go. They know he'll win. Beijing Beijing Biden. That's fair. (laughs) That's reasonable. Yeah, there, <laughs> you mentioned the ballots. There are a couple of things coming, and I, I maybe we'll all be uh, completely aware of this by the time we get to Election Day because we're, whatever we are, 70 days out. One that we're almost 
certainly not going to know who the president is that night and for days to come, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe not by January 20th, which would be a, an actual constitutional crisis. That would be a serious problem. Yeah, um, because there will be millions of ballots out there. Every state has different rules for whether or not your mail-in ballot counts. Some places it can be bent. Some places it can't. You know, and there'll be claims that, you know, they threw out all the Trump votes. Well, maybe they legitimately did. Maybe they didn't legitimately do it. I don't know. Well, what's important is the Internet will tell us all (laughs) sorts of different things. Do you remember how many votes, uh, mail-in votes, uh, absentee votes, whatever you want to call them, New York dismissed in the last? It was like a third. And that was in the primary. Yeah. It was pointed out the other day that they had received 150,000 requests for mail-in ballots. And that was the situation. They've had two million requests for the general election. Yeah, so nationwide, fifty thousand was a debacle. Well, not a debacle necessarily, but they threw out one hundred fifty thousand, or they threw out tens of thousands of votes. Imagine if there are two million; those vote numbers will far exceed. In I guarantee you, one to five states, the difference in in the uh, between the candidates. Well, the best example is Wisconsin threw out twenty four thousand votes the other day with their mail in balloting. Trump won that state by twenty two thousand votes in a tiny election the other day. Twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand. Yeah, okay. In a so, tiny election right. the other day, they threw out twenty four. Trump won by twenty two. Right. So. That if if they throw out more ballots than the difference, people are going to be screaming and yelling about that, and that's almost certainly going to happen in some state nationwide. There will be millions of votes that aren't counted because of the signature didn't match, the envelope didn't have the right postmark, the it was bent or torn, whatever right. the rules are in your particular right. state. Florida, we're looking at you. So that that is going to be a crazy mess that just is you know ripe for a. Uh, 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 Blowing out of proportion. And the other part of it is that we're, I don't think we're all completely hip to, is the efforts Russia and China particularly are putting into screwing with this whole thing. Yeah. And we won't know in what ways they're doing that. And I hope we're we're on top of it. But, uh, oh, there's there's all that going on. It's absolutely guaranteed that in the wake of the election, you will receive Russian and Chinese memes and uh, messages about, you know, uh, one election official in Broward County said that he was beaten up when he tried to remove Biden. That sort of thing will be like wildfire. You get a close state like Wisconsin was last time, and if Russia or China is able to get into voter rolls and do something, and where you could say, okay, we got to redo Wisconsin. And oh it's like, gosh. you know, it's it's early December, late November, something like that. We're going to redo that state. <sighs> We're off the rails at that point. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how you even fix that. I would really like to see, and then we need to take a break, but um, I'd really like to see a sane, sober, calm, smart, bipartisan panel. Congress, uh, the administration, uh, maybe even the court system get together and devise a plan now. Think, what happens if X, Y, and Z? I think in saner times, you could have had the two candidates do some sort of PSA. I'm Joe Biden. I'm Donald Trump. There's one thing we both agree on. You know, we don't want foreign influence in our elections. So come election day, blah, blah, blah. Something. Right. And and or we're going to make sure with the help of the courts, this is all on the up and up. But what's important is the peaceful transfer of power in this country. We need to accept the results, whatever they are. But you have both sides saying that. If we lose, it's because we got jobbed. I mean, that's not healthy. 
Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really not healthy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. If you're not registered to vote. What should I do? Register and vote. I might might fix it. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Scientists have found live coronavirus up to 16 feet away from a patient. They say corona lingers so long, it's still making jokes about Tiger King. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good joke. Uh, The the science on that is interesting, though, really. (laughs) So if if I got the corona, I'm spewing it out 16 feet away from me? Oof. Um, LeBron James... Realizes his balding head looks ridiculous and had some funny tweets about that yesterday. The Lakers did win last night, and they're about to close out that series after a first-game fumble, if you'll remember. Glad to see he's letting some of the gray show in his beard again, too. I, I, I enjoy that. Well, you guys can continue to discuss his appearance. Columnist Jason Whitlock's new column is entitled, LeBron James is a Bigot. Okay. We'll touch on that next hour. If you don't get the next hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, number one, you have my pity. Uh, secondly, <laughs> secondly, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Also coming up, young people don't trust anyone who uses this punctuation mark. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's the semicolon. It's the devil's punctuation mark. It looks like a winking eye. Also, I was surprised by this. We got an email about it. Apple... And Android added a framework for supporting COVID nineteen tracking apps. Did the government? Make Apple was in May. I don't. I could read it, I guess, but uh, I don't know. Joe doesn't read. It's it's privacy focused, anonymized data, etc. But the idea is, user A downloads one of these apps. This is a note from Lewis, helpfully sending along uh, some stuff from uh, cultofmac.com. Uh, downloads one of the apps, uh, 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 voluntarily activates the exposure notifications. Where do you find this on your phone? Um, it's under, uh, well, iPhones, let's see, I have it somewhere. You say you saw it on your phone and you didn't ask for this or anything? No. Android phones go under setting, look for Google settings. I'm not a communist, I don't have an Android phone. Oh, please. iPhone, go under settings, privacy, then health. Privacy and health. There's a health under my privacy? When did that happen? I don't know. There is. Yeah, and sure enough. Yep, COVID exposure logging. What the hell? When enabled, it's voluntary and anonymous. It will tell you if you have been exposed to COVID-19 by spending time near somebody else whose phone is turned on with this thing who then uh, tells it they got the vid. It hasn't been enabled yet. Can my phone tell me if I have chlamydia? Yes, it can. Rub it against your crotch. What an... I, this is a serious discussion. This is, I, I'm more interested in the technology of this than the COVID part of it. My phone now has a tracking COVID thing in it that I didn't ask for. Correct. When did it get put in my phone? May. I haven't I haven't downloaded any new software or anything like that. You haven't that. updated since May or I don't anything? I think so. Yeah. Troubling. China. Is it? Well, it's just what other stuff could they put in my phone that they don't even let me know about? Chlamydia. <laughs> Okay, well, so you got that. But again, it's opt-in, and it's, uh, you know, yeah. there you go. Young people don't trust anyone who uses this punctuation mark. The dash. The period. What? 
While older textures may That's consider idiotic, period. While older textures may consider the period an innocent symbol to let you know that a sentence has ended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> millennials agree that ending a sentence with a period is overly hostile and extremely uncool. Nobody believes that. This is made up. I'm sorry. I can't sit here and abide this ridiculousness. People don't use punctuation in social media and text, but I don't think it's because they, they think it's overly hostile. I don't text with another. <laughs> well, if I, if you want to make a curt reply, you put a period on it. There's no doubt about it. True. Well, what if you have like a four-sentence text? Only old people or troubled souls put periods at the end of every sentence, <laughs> wrote digital cultural journalist Victoria Turk in her book, Digital Etiquette. Her book is called Kill, Reply All. I would agree with that. Well, wait a minute. So we, there, we can build a bridge here. Nobody ever needs Reply All, ever. Uh. The younger generations consider the act of sending a text a sufficient signifier of a complete thought. A period is unnecessary and overly final, and it is seen as uh, hostile and aggressive. So there you go. My reply is, shut up, period. Please. <laughs> Shut up, question mark. Shut up, shut up, dot, dot, dot. Shut up. I think you should shut up because your opinion is ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe a small minority of people think that. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.